Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1270. And watch for today's guest on the Cars Yeah TV show on MAV TV. We shall never surrender. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Torrance, California, Don Berry. Hey, Don, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am, Mark. All right, here we go. Don Berry is the president and CEO of Edelbrock, where he supervises the overall operations of this iconic aftermarket performance brand. Before joining Edelbrock, Berry served as the executive vice president and chief commercial officer at ISN a global leader in the distribution of automotive tools. Prior to ISN, he was a president and CEO of the Excel Performance Group, where he oversaw the introduction of new product lines and brand repositioning strategies, leading the increased revenue growth across the business. Barry entered the automotive industry as Senior VP of Sales, Marketing, and International at Dormant Products. He has also held positions at SC Johnson and 3M, where he was the president of Consumer Business Europe. And you'll get to see Don and me on an upcoming Cars Yeah! TV show on MAV TV, where I visit Edelbrock and their team at their California headquarters. Looking forward to that. So, Don, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? Yeah, well, it's uh, I, I was born in Wisconsin. I'm a Wisconsin boy. I've got a couple great loves. One of my great loves is fishing. Another great love is uh, my my kids and grandkids, and another is my wife. But I also love cars a great deal. And, you know, I think uh, my career has pointed me in a certain direction, and I didn't really know where I was going until I ended up at Edelbrock. And just can't believe I pinch myself every day that I'm helping the Edelbrock team and and part of this culture that we've got here. Yeah, you know, I grew up in Southern California, and Edelbrock has just been one of those iconic brands since I was a little kid. Everybody knows about it. I had the luxury and and honor of meeting Vic and talking to him many times back when I was vintage racing, when he and his daughters were racing at uh, tracks up and down California and up into Oregon and Washington. Um, It's just one of those names, and I'm so excited to have you on the show and talk a bit about the new leadership there, since, of course, we, we lost Vic about a year and a half ago here. Uh, that you're at the helm now, but also that I'm going to be able to come down and shoot a Cars Yeah! TV show, which makes this whole thing a lot more special. So as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars Yeah! since we're talking Edelbrock performance. So Don, take the wheel. Yeah, for me, uh, you got to quote Winston Churchill. I love his speeches in general, and I, I often read his material, but the one that I love the best is, we shall never surrender. The bombs were falling on England, and it was a very difficult period for the, the English people and for really the whole world. His line, you know, we shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the field, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. That, for me, is the all-time best, and it, it really gets me going. You know, I love it, and I've also that other great speech he gave, which was very short and speed, uh, sweet, never ever, never, ever give up uh, is another thing I hear quite often here from racers. And I've had hundreds of racers on the show here. But yeah, 
Winston Churchill, Sir Winston Churchill, he sure had a lot of great quotes. And it certainly relates to business, doesn't it? I mean, in all the different positions you've held, I'm sure you've faced some challenges, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But never giving up, always, I should say, never surrendering. Has that been a part of your journey through your career? Yeah. You know, people think uh, life is easy. They they look at successful people or or whatever. And I have a belief that life is not easy for anybody. I, I don't care, you know, what, where you stand in the, you know, the ladder at a, at a company or what your profession is, you have ups and downs. It's during the downs that you have to, you know, pull up your bootstraps and make sure that you keep charging forward and find a way to make things happen, both personally and professionally. So, you know, that's kind of what fuels it for me. You know, the ups are good I mean, they're, and, and they're fun and they're easy, but it's when, uh, you know, when things get a little tough, when the economy turns against you a little bit or, or competitors or something to you, that's when you have to realize that you got to get into a different gear and go a little harder. Yeah. You know, I had this conversation with my son last night. He's 25 and he works down in California for Google. And we were talking about challenges and things like that. And in social media world today, it seems like you see everybody's successes only, of course, unless people are picking on other people, which is terrible. But you don't hear about all the hard work. And I think there's a little bit of a challenge there, especially maybe for young people. They think, oh, this is easy to just become a a success overnight. And what was it? Willie Nelson who said, yeah, I was an overnight success. It only took 20 years of overnights singing in honky-tonk bars, getting beer thrown at me to become a success. So I I think there's a little bit of that going on today. Do you you sense that as well? Yeah, ironically, I've got a, a son around the same age as yours, and we've had similar conversations. Frankly, uh, perhaps I've spoiled him a little bit, but uh, but uh, he's very successful now, and he had to kind of learn it the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about your passion for cars and have you share a story that instigated that passion. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car guy? For sure. And a little known fact about me, I was literally born on a street called Mercury Lane. Oh, wow. Uh, so, cool. So, so I, was, I was born into the car culture, literally. And uh, <laughs> uh, what it was is uh, in my hometown of Racine, Wisconsin, there was a gentleman who owned a car dealership and he subdivided the, the street that I lived on. And his daughter was my mother's best friend. And then she's to this day, my godmother. Wow. And um, yeah, so this gentleman sold my father and mother their first home in his development on Mercury Lane, and he gave houses to each of his children who ran the business, who helped run the car dealership. So when I was six years old, seven years old, eight years old, I'd watch these uh, hot Mercuries and big Lincolns come rolling in because they'd they'd bring the dealer cars home. They'd give me rides in them. They'd burn rubber up and down the street in them. And and then my father was also a car guy. And and another very clear memory, and one of the, the things that kind of embedded automobiles into my DNA was standing in the driveway on Indy 500 day, listening to the AM radio while my dad watched his Mercury that he bought from, uh-huh. from uh, <laughs> the, the local Mercury dealership that I talked about before. So that for me was the start. And I never looked back since then. It's never ended. Now, did, were you brought home from the hospital in a Mercury? Do you know what kind of car you, you got your first ride in? Uh, I do actually. And it was a uh, night. It was not a Mercury. It was an Oldsmobile. It was a 1954 Oldsmobile. I was born in 62. It was an older Oldsmobile. It was my dad's first car that he owned. Okay. Very yeah. cool. I love it. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's neat to know. You know, I've, I've never, that's funny. I've never asked my folks. I've got to ask them what, uh, what was the car I came, I think it was an old Ford, I, I think, but I'll have to check on that. Now, now you've got my curiosity up. Why have I never asked them that? I don't know. That's a good question. Well, let's yeah. take, yeah. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure. 
And most importantly, with the situation, it's a learning lesson. So what you brought away from that. So walk us through one of those challenging times and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business and your life. Yes. Well, probably the biggest business challenge I ever had and was I, I took over a lighting company back in 2008. And if you remember the economy in 2008, oh, 2009. That's so good. Yeah. So the team that hired me to run this company asked me to look into the finances and, and double check the forecast. And so, um, you know, we quickly did that and we realized that we were about 60 days away from bankruptcy if we didn't change our course. Oh. And uh, they, the ownership wasn't quite aware of the gravity of the whole thing. So it was probably my biggest business challenge, but also probably one of the bigger successes that I had because, you know, we had to save that company. And to do something like that, I mean, it requires some very fast decisions, obviously being extremely frugal, but then also having to balance that with uh, energizing a team of people to work with. So I think that was, you know, that was a heck of a challenge, but I, I learned so much from that, that situation. Oh, you know, that period of time, I've talked to so many people on the show that they came so close to disasters. Some of them did lose businesses. They lost things or had to sell things off or whatever that might be. If you look back on that situation, the different components, you have the financial, of course, which is the the catalyst that causes all this. But you mentioned also people and energizing a team. And when you have to sit down and talk about that gorilla in the room or that elephant in the room and say, hey, this is reality, folks. What's the biggest challenge out of those components that that you experience? Was it the the people and energizing the people? I mean, I'm guessing you had to get very lean and maybe had to let some people go. I don't know, but what was the one biggest component there with that that challenge? Frankly, the biggest component and the thing that I learned from the situation was you need to make decisions quickly. And you have to believe in in the convictions of what you're doing when you make those decisions and obviously you have to be right. That's the thing that we did, you know, with, with only 60 days of, of, we'll call it liquidity, uh, we had to make some very strong decisions about businesses that we were in, products that we had. And yes, unfortunately, a couple of uh, teammates that, you know, we had to kind of do some restructuring. We were in an, an infomercial side of things, and we were also in retail, and we, uh, we had to get out of the infomercial business. It, it was bleeding us dry. That was a big cultural change for everybody, but we... We made that decision. We made it very clearly. We communicated it. And for the rest of the company, after that decision was made, it was like, okay, we've got to make this happen. And and we went the retail route and we became quite successful. In fact, the company still exists today. And I'm very proud of that fact. Yeah, no doubt. Great, great story. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car that you got in your life that had great meaning for you. And maybe share a memory about that ride with us. Yeah, I, I might let you down with the car. It's not a muscle car or, or <laughs> something okay. fast. It's a 1986 Ford Escort wagon. Uh, oh, five speed. okay. Yeah, it okay. was the first new car I ever bought. I was fairly newly married and had a couple of little kids, uh, I think a two-year-old and a four-year-old. You know, my wife and I, it was my wife's car. I bought it, you know, with her. We kept that car for eight years. And uh, we, when I bought it, we were uh, living in Duluth, Minnesota. Later, we were living in Southern California. And uh, later, we were living in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and eventually moved to Minnesota, where we sold the car in those eight years. But the it big made thing, its way back to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, made its way back to Minnesota. That's right. The, we only put 49,000 miles on it because, like I said, it was more her car than my car. But the, mm-hmm. the thing that I remember the most, other than it being my first, was 
when we moved from Southern California to Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, we put the two little kids in the back of that car and we drove cross country. Car did not have wow. air conditioning. As I mentioned, it was a manual. Uh, yeah. I remember stopping in Kigman, Arizona for the night, my little four-year-old daughter grabbing a cactus and getting spines in her finger and oh, crying ouch. for the next 500 miles <laughs> yeah. as we drove yeah. through the desert and, and up and out of Arizona. So, but, uh, yeah. It was it was a wonderful time, and I wish I could have those days back. Well, you know, this is something I hear over and over about vehicles. It's not so much the car, it's the memories the car brings back. And certainly a young family, and, you know, you're trying to build your family and things like that. Yeah, and I chuckle a little bit, not, not in a mean way of your daughter grabbing a cactus, but I remember doing the same thing. We were traveling from San Diego, Texas, to visit my grandparents on their farm, and we stopped somewhere in Arizona, and I remember... I don't know how I came around a corner, tripped and put my hand out and fell right on one of those prickly pear things. And my hand was just covered with these big, I'm like, ah, <laughs> the whole rest of the drive, just throbbing hand, that, trying to pull those little thorns out. That's no fun. That was her. And I think even yeah. after they were out, they were painful. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's poison on the end of those things or something. It's no fun. I've, I've fallen into those things a couple of times. You don't want to do that. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've let go in your life that you wish you had back? Clearly, uh, and I got one back. Uh, and I want to tell you that story. I, I had a, uh, when I was living in Europe, I bought a 1986 uh, M491 Porsche. It's a wide body turbo look Porsche. I bought it from yes. a co-worker in Germany. I was living in France and he was living in Germany. I drove that car all around Europe, took a bunch of family trips with my wife and with my son, a couple of sons at the time drove it up on a Nürburgring, really had a lot of fun with that car, and then I imported it to the United States. After some years, I went through a divorce, and in a weak moment, I just decided I would sell it. And literally a couple of days later, I called the uh, the buyer back, and I said, I think I made a mistake. Can I buy it back? And he said, uh, no. And he was very friendly about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, he was very pleased with the car. He had been looking for that car or one like it, and uh, so it was a, a nice win for him. But I, actually, I managed to stay in touch with him, and uh, it took about 12 years. And just recently, when I made the move out to California, I gave him a call, and I said, just want to stay in touch with you. I'm heading out to California. And he said, uh, okay, well, thank you very much. And we, we hung up the phone. And then the next day, he called me back, and he said, you know what, Don? I think it's time. And so we, we made a very fair deal. He was a prince of a man, and, and we become friends through this. And I've got it back, and now I've got it uh, carefully stored here in Southern California, and I drive it on the weekend. Oh, how cool is that? I love that story. That's yeah. great. You know, it's not very often I, I advise people to go back to old cars. I always say they're like old girlfriends. The memories are typically much better than the reality. But uh, in this case, since I'm a Porsche fanatic and always have been, uh, you got you put a big smile on my face with that one. So very cool. When I come down and visit you, you'll have to bring that to work so I can see it. How how's that sound? You got it. You, I'll tell you what, I'll let you drive it. There you go. Even better. Well, I had a, a one almost the same year. So those are fantastic cars. Very cool. Well, let's talk about what has you excited and fired up in this new role as CEO of Edelbrock. Your thoughts on the company, uh, where the company has been, where it is, and where you'd like to take it. Um, and what has you excited about being at the helm at a, an iconic brand like this? Man, talk about having a little bit of weight put on your shoulders because uh, <laughs> this thing... This company's been around for a long time. Yeah, well, uh, you know, rule number one, don't screw it up, right? I think yes. that's, uh-huh. that's very clear. But boy, what an opportunity. I mean, there are so many things that Edelbrock can do. I mean, 
you know, when you look at the resources that we have, we've got an outstanding research and development group, big group of guys. We've got a wonderful tech service group and, and tech support group. We've got tremendous marketing. And for God's sakes, we own a foundry. How many companies can say we own a foundry and we cast yeah. our own parts out in Hemet and then we machine them here in Torrance? You know, I think the mission for me is really, you know, A, don't screw it up. And B, you know, let's together with the team, let's chart the course for the future. There's yeah. a whole lot of new engine platforms. There's new technology. There's, you know, this move to EFI. There's LS. There's, you know, we're strong in, um, in supercharging. You know, I could I could riff on any one of these subjects all day long if you want me to, Mark. But it's <laughs> it's really new products and the kind of emerging platforms and where the market is going, and then supplying that demand. And it's uh, that's you know that's really what we're going to do for now and into the next five ten years. When I think of Edelbrock, I think old cars. I think of what they've done in the past. But Edelbrock is very much about today's cars and the future too, right? Absolutely. We make a lot of parts and enhancements for late model cars. We make, you know, late model superchargers. We, you know, we, we make a supercharger for a 2018, you know, Mustang. We, we make, uh, we're, we're now working on six cylinder superchargers. So we, we've got superchargers for six cylinder Jeeps, both JK and soon to come out JL. We also make a six cylinder supercharger soon to be released for a six cylinder Camaro and a six cylinder Chevy Colorado. Why? Because there's a lot of them in the market. There's a lot of people that are buying these cars. And, you know, uh, why not add a, an extra 100 or 150 horsepower? In fact, you know, I, I want to show you this, uh, this hot Colorado that we have outside uh, in the toy barn. That brings the horsepower on that six-cylinder pickup truck up to more than the base V8 model for the, for the Chevy. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun that we can have, and, and it's really about these new markets that we've got. You know, it's fantastic. And uh, when I'm down there, and of course, I record these shows before they actually get out to the listeners. I'm going to get to drive that Colorado that you're talking about. Uh, you guys, I understand, are going to loan me that thing and let me have a little fun with it. I'm excited as can be. It's putting, putting a big smile on my face. But uh, this is really cool. And it is all about the future. And uh, no doubt, Edelbrock is in very capable hands with you, Don. Uh, I'm so excited about where the future takes us. And you have a next-door neighbor who's a retired guy. He's a retired pilot, uh, Bill. And some of my listeners know this. He just recently bought himself a Ford Raptor. And what did he immediately do? Change the wheels. He's modifying things. He wants more horsepower as if 500-plus horsepower isn't enough for a pickup truck. But that's what people are doing with cars. And they've always done that with cars. And with new cars being so sophisticated, a lot of people shy away from that. But companies like Edelbrock, are making it possible, making it fairly easy to do and really reliable with the brand that Edelbrock has and the consistency with the product quality that you guys produce. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, now that you mention it, Mark, what I'd like to also try and have you drive is our, our 2018 Jeep JL uh, nice. with a supercharger on it. And I also have a 2019 JL that I just bought, haven't put the supercharger on it yet. Um, but what would be kind of fun is if we drove both of those cars so that you could drive yeah. the, you know, the non-supercharged version and then the supercharged version. Okay. We got a deal. That sounds like fun. Well, listeners, make sure you watch my social media because I'm going to be posting some pictures up there on Facebook about this. So uh, keep an eye on Cars Yeah Facebook pages. And of course, when the show comes out uh, in a month or so of my visit to Edelbrock, uh, it's going to be well worth watching on MAV-TV. 
So, Don, up next is the last lap before we put the pedal to the metal. As we just were talking, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make this all possible. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MAV TV is also available on DirecTV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, we are back. And I have a very introspective question for you before we jump into what I call a lightning round here. If you uh, woke up tomorrow, Don, and you were a vehicle parked in a garage, you'd actually manifest it into a vehicle. What would you be and why? Well, that's a tough question. And I, I gave it a lot of thought. But I guess what I would suggest is that I have to be the same age that I am. So I was born okay. in 1962, mm-hmm. and I'd like to be a 62 Lincoln convertible, you know, a Ooh. nice uh, black one, classy, large, you know, what I think timeless, good looks. But what I'd want is uh, an Edelbrock Coyote crate motor under the hood. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go, baby. That's uh, what I want to be, a nice looking car that goes fast. Goes really fast. I like it. You know, and, and a lot of these uh, these vehicles these days that a lot of the folks I've had as guests on the show here on Cars Yeah, who are restorers and modifiers of cars are doing a lot of that exact same thing. I think people love the old look of the cars, but the reliability wasn't really so good back in the day. They want a car they can just get in and turn the key and go. And uh, I think that sounds like an excellent choice. Very, very nice. Perfect for Southern California too. put the top down and enjoy the sunshine out there on the coast highway. Well, we are entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that Lincoln Continental throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? 
Cars are an expense, not an investment. <laughs> yes. Unless you're in the business, don't buy it thinking you're going to make money. Buy it because you love it. Oh, That's right. That many, many times. Yeah. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, well, that that's a, you know kind of also a difficult question, but I think perseverance. I don't know if that's a habit, but but I, I often, in fact, you know, back to this conversation with my son, like the one you had with your son. Uh, life's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, perseverance, tenacity, just good old grit. You know, I had um, Adam Carolla, who I got to uh, visit at the Classic Auto Show down there in Costa Mesa on the show a couple of years ago. And he's one of the hardest working guys, celebrity guys I've ever had on the show. And he said to me, when I wake up early in the morning, I just start moving my legs and I don't stop until I'm exhausted at night. And I just do it every day, seven days a week. I don't stop. And that's what it takes. It's just a lot of hard work for sure. That's why it's important to be working in the field you're passionate about, like you and I, cars, because at least it won't feel like a lot of work during those late nights or those weekend uh, work sessions. So definitely a habit. Now, how about a resource? There are incredible resources for us these days. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? I think the big one is our website, edelbrock.com. That's kind of the portal to the company. You can learn so much from our website, and you can also find our 1-800 number there. Kind of backing up the website is the Edelbrock Tech Support Team. We've got about 20 guys that have an average experience of about 15 years, and they can answer just about any question that you can pose. And if if the first guy that answers the call for some reason can't answer the question, we've got what we call level two support. So someone up there knows your car, I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Marissa, your marketing uh, director down there, and she was talking about some people that work at that company that had been there 30, 40 plus years. It's just incredible. We have one employee that you'll meet, Mark. He's been with us 50 years. He started when wow. he was 16 years old and he's still with us. That's very cool. That says a lot about the company for sure. Well, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and enjoy a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Very easy answer for me. It, it would be Vic Edelbrock. Um, I only met him once. I met him at a, at a SEMA event and only shook his hand. And quite frankly, I don't think he would remember me. But that was before I was deeply involved with uh, the, you know, the automotive channel, so, much, so to speak. I would love to sit down with him and just pick his brain and listen to him tell me how he built the company and so that I could learn from that and help keep the company going. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy as well? Yeah, uh, this is a different kind of book. Uh, It's called Hillbilly Elegy. It's a story (laughs) of um, a young man that is raised in Appalachia. It's against the odds. He's got kind of a tough living environment, and he ends up being a very proud U.S. Marine and then ends up going to Yale law school and ends up being a very successful attorney in uh, San Francisco, California. It's a, it's just a, a good story about a real guy who did very well. Hillbilly Elegy. That, was that by a guy named Vance? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have heard it. You know, I've not read it, but I've heard of it. It's got such a unique name. Uh, that's why it stood out. I'm thinking, I know I've heard of this somewhere. I'll have to get my hands on that. that yeah. J.D. Very, very Vance is the, uh, is the writer and uh, it was recommended to me. It's a good one. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks for recommending it. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources that Don has been so kind to share on his very own Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Don Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, and his page will pop right up. All right, Don, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thing to think about. 
Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. doesn't matter where it is or who owns it. It's going to be yours, parked in your garage, but there's a couple rules to this game. It's the only collector car you can have. I want you to drive it. No garage queens here, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, so that little trick's off the table. What can I buy you today? Well, I hope I don't let you down, Mark, but it's it's the 86 Porsche that I've already got. That I, I can't think of any other car I'd rather you know keep the rest of my life, and I'm certainly not going to trade it out or sell it again. But if you make me pick a different car, it would probably be an early Ferrari. I'd have to think about which model, but uh, I love the uh, the whole Enzo story, and I like those early Ferraris. Well, yeah, well, you know, I love it when my guests already have what they want. That That really warms my heart, plus I don't have to get my checkbook out. I buy a lot of cars, five a week now. You know, it's it's getting a little getting a little tough on the old uh, uh, pocketbook. But uh, 86, you know, I'll have to send you a picture. I have an 87 Porsche in my garage I bought about nine years ago. It's a turbo. And it's uh, my listeners will know it very well. I, I affectionately call it my orange crush because it's a very rare paint-to-sample car that was ordered by the original owner where I acquired the car from. A non-Porsche color, but he sent the recipe. It's a six-stage metallic orange paint which is pretty cool. So when you come up and visit me in the Northwest, I'll toss you the keys to that so we can compare non-turbo to turbo. But let's go down this Ferrari road a little bit more. I'm going to try to define this a little bit. When you say early, what era do you mean? Are we talking 50s, 60s, 70s? Uh, Probably early 60s, late 50s, early 60s. Oh, the expensive era. Yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) yeah. So uh, something in that realm. Uh, Convertible or coupe? Coupe. Coupe, okay. Yeah, well, obviously, GTO, something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course, that's where we're going. Yeah, or yeah. 275, or yeah, there's so many uh, options. There's the 250 LM, of course, race car, street car, 250 short wheelbase, one of my favorites. So, uh, yeah, you're an expensive date. Uh, you can see. Let's stick to the Porsche you already have, okay? Yeah, so I, I want to tell you just a very quick story, Mark. Um, Please, yeah. I, I think I've already mentioned I was lucky enough to live in Europe for a few years and took the family down to Modena. And, you know, ah, we toured Ferrari. Yeah. We found out where the track is. They call it Pista di Fiorano. And yep. it's not a public track, but if you park on the road outside the track, and if you climb the tree, you can see over the wall. And so yes. my two sons and I climbed the tree, and we're sitting in this tree watching uh, a Ferrari F1 car testing on the on the Pista there. That was That was a fun story or a fun time. Yeah, I was very lucky. I got to spend three days at the Ferrari factory and a whole day at that track. Wow. And yeah, I was with somebody who was uh, buying a vintage Formula One car, uh, rented the track for the day. And at the end of the day, we were packing up and they brought up an FXX. And it's a race car for the street. Coupe kind of looks like a street car, but very highly modified. And the test driver, Ferrari, said, well, you want me to take you on some laps? And oh, my gosh. I just, he scared the heck out of me. Wow, uh, obviously he knew what he was doing. Yeah, it was fun. But uh, to get to spend some time at that factory, and uh, I, I think your experience may also also have been almost a little bit cooler, climbing the tree, kind of looking over the wall. It's a very special place. So uh, I'm glad we both got to experience Pista. Yeah, a very cool place. Nice. Well, Don, you've taken me on a great ride today. Really enjoyed getting to know you better. Can't wait to come visit you next week. Uh, and shoot a Cars Yeah! TV show that'll be appearing on MAV TV. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset or down the coast highway in that 86 Porsche? Yeah, I'll do the best I can. Uh, you know, number one rule, treat people with respect. Expect excellence and have fun. Those are uh, 
I think, a couple things that I kind of try to live by, and I would suggest it to others. Works every time. And again, the best way to, for people to follow along and learn more about Edelbrock is... Edelbrock.com. Edelbrock.com. Yeah, great website. Easy to find. Wonderful company. I'm sure all the listeners out there already have heard Edelbrock, but may not know that Don's at the helm now. Very capable hands. Can't wait to see where the future goes. And listeners, again, you can find all these links on Don's show notes page on the Carjai website. Don, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. This has been great. Until you and I talk again and I visit you, I'll see you down the road. Wonderful, Mark. Thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. You bet. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.